0: Welcome to the fifth edition of the Charlotte is Creative podcast. Today's show features hosts Tim Miner and Matt Olin talking with WFAE's Nick De La Canal immediately following the May 12th Creative Mornings Charlotte event at Warehouse 242. As a midday newscaster at WFAE 90.7 FM, Charlotte's NPR affiliate, Nick De La Canal is used to having to find disparate elements in a story and illustrating the relationships between them. That experience made him well-suited to speak on the Creative Mornings global theme of serendipity. A Charlotte native, Myers Park High School graduate, and graduate of Emerson College in Boston, Nick helped WFAE earn an Edward R. Murrow Award for their coverage of the Keith Lamont Scott shootings in September of 2016. Remember to RSVP to the next Creative Morning Charlotte event, Friday, June 2nd, at warehouse 242. and featuring Charlotte artist Davida Galloway as the speaker on the global theme of survival. Register for this free event by visiting creativemornings.com cities CLT at 9 a.m. Monday, May 29th.
1: Hey everybody, this is Tim Miner. And this is Matt Olin And we are here for another Charlotte is Creative podcast We're very excited to be speaking with Nick De La Canal of WFAE today But we're going to start for a moment and do a very special shout out to uh, our old drama teacher Matt and I went graduated from Charlotte Catholic High School mm-hmm. I graduated in 92, Matt graduated in 91 Thanks for that <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I can bring out that you're older, and uh, and our drama teacher was Dottie Tippett, mm-hmm. and Matt and I met at a standing in line for an audition of ten little uh, ten little Indians, ten little Indians uh, in uh, well we don't want to say what year, uh, and we have been creative. Well, okay, fine. 19, Late eighties. It was 1989 <laughs> or 90, but we have been creative collaborators since then, and uh, we just learned that Miss Tippett is. Uh, retiring and wanted to take a moment to thank her for the years of service that she has spent to children all over Charlotte, encouraging them to engage in and chase after their creative pursuits, even if their voices cracked when they sang or they were stiff on stage. She did everything she could to get people to be creative, and and that legacy has led Matt and I to continue to work together almost 30 years later.
2: Yeah, it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving, and I would say that one of Dottie's greatest gifts is her belief in your creative potential, Like like just like you're saying like even if you're stiff as a board up there like she had an ability to sort of crack you open and get that creative energy flowing and so she's been doing it for decades and this is a well earned well deserved retirement and we can't wait to celebrate you soon so thank you Dottie
1: yeah thank you very much Mrs. T all right so on that note uh, I do want to bring shout out one thing that uh, after months of preparation the Queen City Quiz Show is going to launch with a special preview event on Thursday May the 18th and it will be over by the time this podcast came out. I can report, <laughs> oh, and Nick will report uh, later on WFAE that it was a fantastic event attended by thousands. <laughs> yeah. uh, but with that, uh, with that, I want to uh, set Matt up, and we'll talk about our speaker here.
2: Well, Nick, it was so amazing to have you as our speaker on the global theme of serendipity at Creative Mornings this morning. And for those of you who don't know, Nick De La Canal can be heard on public uh, radio airwaves here in Charlotte on WFAE. Uh, His work is, of course, heard uh, both on WFAE, but also has been heard on NPR's All Things Considered, uh, uh, Latino USA, and other national programs. He grew up right here in Charlotte, went to Myers Park High School, and uh, got his journalism degree at Emerson College in Boston. It's so great to sort of have you back here in Charlotte and hearing your voice every morning on on the radio. It's awesome.
3: Yeah, I am so happy to be here. And what a lovely opening. Thank you, Dottie. I... (laughs) I send my regards. Yeah.
1: Yeah. By osmosis, Dottie has inspired you as well. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we have a tradition on the Charlotte is Creative podcast that you know some some game shows or podcasts have a lightning round at the end, but that's after you've been interviewed and grilled and you're tired. We want to get you warmed up, get your brain oh, ready good. for the the harder questions to come. So we're gonna pepper you with some questions, lightning fans, fast, <laughs> fast answers. All right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Somewhere. Here
2: we go. We may know the answer to this one already, but we're gonna ask it anyway. Mm-hmm. Nick, what is your hometown?
3: Charlotte, North Carolina. Good answer.
2: <laughs> and what is your favorite show on NPR?
3: My favorite show is, oh gosh, ah, oh, somebody you choose from. You know what? I'll go with all things considered, because I don't know if I've missed one in, in months. All right. There no, you that's, you. I mean, that, that's classic. You it know, is. That's just it is. absolutely classic.
2: Can you sing, to sing the theme song?
3: <laughs>
1: yes. Oh long hey. theme song. Okay. All right, Nick, what is your
3: favorite nickname for Charlotte? Uh oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I I guess the Queen City. Is yeah. there any other?
2: No. There are there are others. There's uh well Well
1: the the the, the most interesting one we've heard the answer to that question is Tidy Town.
2: Yes. But there's also Crown Town. Crown Town. Buzz mm-hmm. City. Oh my god. Yeah, I guess
3: the shady fun. lady.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, okay, no, no, I don't. I okay. have you heard the shady lady?
2: Yes. Where did you hear that? In my dreams.
1: Okay, moving on.
2: Okay, what is the first live concert you ever saw?
3: You know what? I actually have never been to a real live like music concert.
2: Breaking actually. news, ladies yes. and gentlemen. <laughs> Breaking <laughs> news. True.
3: No. I I tend to spend my entertainment dollars on uh, shows. I go to a lot of a lot of theater and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, so, I think let's the flip first what's, yeah, what's the first the first yeah the first show production. I saw was The Sound of Music when it came to Charlotte from Blumenthal Performing Arts, and it was a wonderful production. Mm-hmm. Wow! Mm-hmm. All right.
1: After a hard day at work, okay, the news has really ground you down. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do when you get home?
3: When oh, when I get home, um, you know. Gosh, usually I'm so busy. I when I get home, honestly, I will I will walk into my room, I'll take my shoes off, and usually this is around the time that all things considered is on, so I'll turn on the radio and I'll listen to all things considered. Wow.
2: that yeah, really is your favorite <laughs> show, isn't it? It, it really is, is a recurring yes. theme. Uh, okay. <laughs> Nick, what's the worst
3: movie you ever paid to see? It was that movie with um uh, the guy who played uh, Jacob from Twilight, but it wasn't that. But it wasn't the Twilight movie. It was. It was a thriller. I can't even remember what it was called. Is this ringing a bell with you? You're. Um, you're pop I mean, I have specifically oh God, avoided that?
1: any movie starring Robert Pattinson.
3: No, Taylor Lautner. This is. Taylor Oh, that's Lautner. even
1: more. It, <laughs> it is. Even...
3: I can't remember what the movie was. It was so bad. So well,
1: Hollywood can't remember the name of the movie either. because yeah. Taylor Lautner. Yeah, it's not to be seen very much. May like,
3: I ask no. Tim,
2: what's the worst movie you ever paid to see?
1: Oh, you're really gonna make me say mm-hmm. this. <laughs> I paid, I bought a movie ticket to see Barb Wire starring Pamela Anderson. <laughs> 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 All right, it's I'm probably divorce proceedings are probably starting. I was not <laughs> married at the time, and I've repented for my sins by actually having to see the movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I would say mine was couples retreat. Um oh. I don't know if anyone saw that. That movie is wretched. Mm. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. So, um
1: uh all right. So, what was your first thought when you heard that Wicked Weed Brewing sold to Anheuser-Busch?
3: Oh, um well, I my first thought was thank God I have something new to report. <laughs> 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 Honestly. Sometimes I think it was a slow news day that day. Actually, Um, I'm actually a big fan of Wicked Weed, and uh, I honestly, I'm probably gonna still drink it. Yeah,
1: you didn't, you didn't like kick over, you know, glassware and set things on fire and all that.
3: No, it's a measured response,
1: Nick. Thank you,
2: (laughs) Nick. Are you banned from any bars or restaurants anywhere?
1: Um, no. (laughs) Okay, that's. I'm not certain that was a a very definitive answer. (laughs) Is get it that in, you may not remember deep. having been banned no. from a restaurant?
3: <laughs> no, I think I did get in trouble when this when I was underage. I tried to get into um, some bar at the Epicenter, and they I didn't get in trouble, or I got in trouble, and they they took my IDs. But I don't I don't think that they recognized me, so you probably still go back. All right. We'll yeah.
1: that answer. I think we should follow you with a camera tonight and go back to it. We'll just <laughs> mm-hmm. say it was Howl at the Moon and see. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so what radio show or podcast are not enough people listening to?
3: Um, mm, you know, right now S Town is is a really, mm. really good one. And mm. I know it's gotten a lot of buzz, but I I gotta I gotta put the plug in. It's a really good podcast and you've gotta listen to at least the first two episodes yeah. because it – that i don't want to spoil anything but you got to listen to the first two and once you make it through that then you can decide if you want to stop listening yeah
2: we won't do any spoiler alerts here but i will agree with you Mm -hmm. s-town is a spectacular piece of what do we call it piece of podcast is that is that does that make sense we'll just say candy go how would we say this audio artistry oh yeah! spectacular piece of audio artistry And what it really is, it's just an amazing uh, narrative storytelling model. Yeah, really um, good writing. Oh, just incredible. It's like a model. It's like a a, uh, novel. It really is. Yeah. So anyway, love it. Love it. Um, What is the hardest thing to get used to moving back to Charlotte after living up in Boston, going to college in
3: Boston? Oh, yeah. I've got to say it's driving a car. Mm. I. I really hate it. I loved my public transportation. And when I was in Boston, I biked everywhere. I loved my bike. I loved my bike. Um, and I don't dare ride a bike on Charlotte streets because hmm. these, at least in Boston, the drivers could anticipate, they expect bikers to be out there, cyclists to be out there. Man, if you if you rode a a bike down Providence Road, you will die. You know yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, that's that's like uh, so that's, r- Providence Road Roulette. So we're not going to see you yeah, out on the Booty yeah. Loop or anything like that. That's mm. not happening. The okay. Booty
1: Loop does look like an action movie. What was that action movie starring Kevin Bacon on a bike? Oh, it was QuickSilver. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to change my answer for the worst <laughs> I mean, movie I ever paid it for. It wasn't that bad. It had Jamie Kurtz in it, it was, and they danced on bikes. You mm. have to watch it. It was really weird. Um, all right. Do you know Carl Castle? And if you do, can you arrange for him to record the outgoing voicemail uh, on my phone?
3: I don't, but I'll see what I can do. Yes.
1: Wow. <laughs> oh, yes. Never heard so Objective achieved. You don't get what you don't ask for. <laughs> All right.
2: All right. Well, that was the lightning round. So let's move on to maybe some deeper questions for you, Nick. Again, mm-hmm. we were exploring serendipity at this morning's Creative Mornings. You did a spectacular talk. I think people really, a lot of your takeaways really landed with the mm. creative souls in our yeah. um in our audience this morning. So thank you for sharing your your story. Um, In a world where traditional media uh, is falling to the margins, why does radio journalism
3: endure? That's a good question. And I think it's, (laughs) you're welcome. I think it's because we really do, unlike a lot of other broadcast news outlets, I don't want to knock anyone, but we really do get time to work on our stories and time really can make all the difference um you know we we do try and get stuff out in a timely manner but you know if we don't know for sure that something's true we'll hold back um and wait to confirm it and and beyond that we really try to um you know we will air really long stories that go up to like seven to ten minutes, which mm. is unheard of in like television and other broadcast news outlets. and I think I think people really um appreciate that. And I also think we have a such a great funding model, which is asking people who appreciate our content to to donate to us. um and and people do because people appreciate it. and and I think it's just a it's a really, really great model. and and whereas so many other news businesses right now are, are enduring layoffs and cuts um you know public radio has been growing over the last couple of years so well, and that
1: model is being you know, adopted by by mainstream media now you pay for the channel that you want you pay you that's place, true. you vote with your dollars on on what you, what has value in your life mm-hmm. and i mean I, i'm with you i think for for the person that doesn't that wants to move beyond the soundbite right mm-hmm. and really wants to understand an issue more than the headline mm-hmm. public radio and is the way to go
3: we need to get you on the next pledge drive. That's I'll, that's a good pitch, right? I will yeah. be there.
1: <laughs> well, it is, it is about that sort of thoughtful
2: approach to delivering the news versus, you know... The other "quote unquote" competitors out there they seem to be driven by the sort of impulse to be the first to break the news, mm-hmm. scoop the story, whatever it is, and that doesn't necessarily seem to be yeah. the guiding principle mm-hmm. at, in public radio. Correct right. me if I'm wrong, but is that is that in play in your newsrooms, or is it not really like this idea that oh, you, we got to run it; it just broke, we got to run it? Is that in play at all over there?
3: Uh, no, no. I mean, now, I mean, to to an extent, obviously, you know, we want to be timely and everything, but but that's the thing; like, we don't being timely doesn't mean like seconds you right. know we, we don't were, the first, pee- we were right, the first we were the first to report right. it you know? yeah um we can we can hold off till later in the day till you know when we've we've gotten some more substance to the story um yeah. to you know just to make sure you know context is really big we want people we don't want to just throw something at someone. We want people to understand in the grand scheme of things where this lies, Yeah, you know, that, that sort of thing. That's
1: absolutely what keeps bringing me back in the sense that, you know, cell phones and instant communication have condensed our notions of time, right? I mean, seconds now feel like minutes, minutes feel like hours, mm-hmm. and there is that rush to I, to, I need to know right now, I need to form my opinion right mm-hmm. now based mm-hmm. on whatever information is out there, as opposed to taking time, verifying. It does feel like... You know, like broadcast radio uh, journalism is is how we used to process data. You don't have to make your decision on this killer or that issue immediately. Mm-hmm. Take some time,
3: you know. Yeah. And even beyond that, too, I want to say be, beyond just the hard news of the day. I mean, public radio is really good at having a lot of other programs that go into other aspects. I mean, uh, one of my other favorite programs is Science Friday, which oh! is a whole hour. Yeah, just Ira Flato is the yeah, man. And, and then love him. And and that's just a great way to take a step nerd back nerd. from all the, the you know the circus in Washington and take a look at the this what's happening in the science yeah. world, love that. which is really important too. Yeah. So I think I think people um you know people really appreciate well, that.
2: Well to too. that end, wait, wait, don't tell me is one of kind of the models of inspiration for a Queen City quiz show. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Show. So this is kind of in the same vein. What made you fall in love with I mean, there's one thing to be involved with radio, right? Mm-hmm. There's another to write, and then there's another to write and be on on the mic. So what, you know, what really was it that, that kind of tipped you over the edge and said, this is where I want to devote my time and energy?
3: You know, I don't really know. Um, I, I always, I grew up listening to public radio in the backseat of my parents' car. And so I always really liked it. Um, and I knew I wanted to get into journalism. So that's what I went to school for. And I think just when, when I was in, in school, um, I just kind of got pulled into our radio station up there, which did a lot of you know public radio type stuff. Um, and they gave us a lot of really great opportunities for that. And, um, you know, to be honest, removing the visual element makes things a lot easier too. Mm. <laughs> you don't have to shoot video and, and get B roll and all that stuff. It, 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 simplifies the process a lot. So, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know, it, but it, it just, it really is also a really good medium and it's a really intimate medium, you know, like, um, when people are listening to the radio, it's usually when they're getting up in the morning and you know, they haven't even gotten dressed or they're on a road trip just by themselves in the car. And, uh, kind of feels like you got a friend along with you for the ride. So it's, I I like that intimacy that you don't get in in other, other areas of, uh, of media.
2: So Nick, what do you enjoy most about writing stories? And to that end, you know, sort of the flip of that is what's the most difficult aspect of it too? You know, what do you enjoy most and what's, what's the hardest part about
3: Mm, it? Writing can be hard. Yeah, it really can. Um, I think uh, when I really enjoy it is when like the creative juices are flowing and I'm and I'm going like sometimes you you just get in that rhythm and you're like oh zone. yeah it's coming it's coming Flow. you know and usually you look back an hour later and you're like wow this is pure crap I gotta edit edit this you know <laughs> um, but <laughs> the crap was flowing but there. the crap was flowing and sometimes and sometimes that's what you need to do you just need to I found the the way I write is. I literally would just vomit onto a page, just put something out there, and usually it's really terrible. But but um, I mean other people have said it and it's true, writing is really rewriting. You know, yeah, you, right. you get the crap out and then you start to work it and massage it and turn it into something that's that's readable.
2: I think that's a big stop for a lot of people, even mm-hmm. folks who struggle with identifying as being creative, when they have to have any sort of creative output whatsoever, mm-hmm. there's a sense that whatever ends up on the paper needs to come out perfect. Right. And I think those that have to crank it out on a, at a, on a pretty high level have learned over time that it can't be like, if you're waiting for perfection to come out, mm-hmm. you're going to be waiting forever. You got to get, you got to pump the well, get all the sludge out mm-hmm. and only then will the good stuff maybe start to come to the surface. Yeah.
1: yeah I, th- I think that was a key. Um, I would invite everybody to go back if you haven't yet and watch the video of Nick's remarks. Cause that was a key point that you made as I think that, um, there's a there's a notion that creativity is kind of this magic gift, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: but and you you brought out that it takes a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. a craft, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everybody has a hundred thousand bad words in them. So go mm-hmm. ahead and start writing them down and getting them out and, mm-hmm. and sifting through and finding the good ones. Um, so back back to news, you know, we've obviously one of the hot button issues has been fake news and what constitutes fake news. And, and, uh, you know, with this being, it's, it's not that it's a new phenomenon. I mean, you can look back through history oh, yeah. and see how, how news that's reported as real or stories shape reality, but, but it's, we're talking about it more now. Right. And we're seeing how it really can impact things
3: rapidly. How has that changed your job Hmm. or has it, um, well, I also got to say I I'm still a little green. So I haven't uh I haven't been with the station. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I I probably started working with them around the same time that that this stuff was coming out. Yeah. Um you know, I will say since I'm working more on the local level, a lot of the fake news that came out recently was was a lot more geared towards the national stage. Mm-hmm. And so uh luckily and I don't want to jinx anything but we we didn't have to deal with too much of that at least with the stuff that we were looking at um but I know it it has been a challenge for a lot of for a lot of other media organizations honestly I I think just the best way to combat that is to just keep doing what right. you've been doing and and eventually Um, your reputation, I think will dictate, you know, people, people will learn to trust you if you're trustworthy. And if you're not, I think eventually people will catch on. Yeah. People will catch on.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would ask, um, then a follow up and, you know, Mm -hmm. is the, is the role of storyteller, right? Mm -hmm. Again, in this world of instant, and, and it could be at a local level too. Um, are we seeing now that the role of storyteller is, is more powerful than ever being able to create a reality with words?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think I think stories have always been really powerful. Um uh, particularly because they're how we as humans I think learn. We learn through stories and stuff. There's lessons to be had from a lot of stuff. Um and I think that's that's why we want to pay attention. Um and also I think that can it's part of our downfall because some stories that are so good and they're so sensationalized that they might not necessarily be 100% true. Um, but they're so easy to fall for because you just, you can't help, but Mm. want to believe it. Um, yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, here at creative mornings, one of the things we're trying to do among many other things, you know, we, we believe that everyone is creative and of course everyone is welcome. Um, we're trying to sort of change the story that we tell about Charlotte or that Charlotte tells about itself. You know, for years, Charlotte's a banking town and Charlotte's a great place to raise a family. And those things are true and they shouldn't be discounted. I think they're important parts of our DNA. But Charlotte's way more than that too. Charlotte is creative. That's our hashtag. It's our website URL like that. Charlotte is creative. So that's a story that we keep just telling ourselves, telling our audiences and telling the city through what we're doing at Creative Mornings. I'm wondering what stories do you think Charlotte should be telling itself now these days are there is there anything that you feel like we could we could start shifting the narrative about our city these days that maybe has been told
3: too long? hmm um you know what for a long time uh we've had this narrative of a city, which I think is true in some respects uh that we like to just bulldoze whatever Hmm. to to build something new and i mean we're a fairly new city we all our skyscrapers popped up in what like the 70s 80s something somewhere around that area i don't know for sure um
1: i mean the lion's share of the skyline
3: is is less than even less than that i mean yeah the duke energy tower just popped up um so you know we're we're pretty new and a lot of people said like oh we don't have any culture you know we're just a bunch of city full of chains which, I mean, we do have a lot, but I think that um, there is, there's a lot of mm. really good culture here. In fact, just, just today, I have met so many awesome creative people that I had no idea were in this city and were working on these cool projects. Mm. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I think focusing on that a little bit more... Um, might might give us a, a something that people have denied us or you know that that kind of Yeah, narrative. I think
2: I think the the sort of repurposing of old buildings right. um even like last month we met our our creative mornings meeting for for um, uh, March was oh sorry, April. What day is it? Um <laughs> it's, it's all going so But fast uh, it now. was at Camp North End and the, the work that's being done at Camp North End that the folks there are really dedicated to maintaining that building as much as possible and working with the history to sort of keep it intact. Mm-hmm. I think um, when development uh, projects sort of follow that MO, then mm-hmm. that can also help start to change that story that you're talking about, how we, we knock everything down. There's nothing, there's nothing historic standing anymore because yeah. we're so used to that. We, we can start to change that, that story. And I think you know, projects mm-hmm. like Camp North End
1: um, is one a great example of that. Yeah, I, um, two months ago, it might even be three now. Yeah, great. Right. It's three. <laughs> this year is going by. <laughs> it rapidly. is rapidly. When you have daughters or children of any kind, yes, time is just moves. But uh, you know, Logan Cyrus, a photojournalist, came in and spoke to us, and and when you know we spoke quite a bit about the stories that Charlotte. Tells, and he was actually the one who who said his nickname for Charlotte was Tidy Town, that mm. we we mm. like to sweep things under the rug and, and act like everything is clean. Mm. And he sees as a critical aspect of his job is to tell stor- tell the stories that aren't being told mm. and go to the places that people don't see mm. in Charlotte. And that's not doesn't always mean it's something that's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not it's, you know, try to bring those supporting characters to the front, you know, mm-hmm. that it's not all about Banking is part of it, you know, new buildings and shiny towers is part of it, but there's a lot more to, to Charlotte's story than just that, and if we can all become more educated on those stories and tell them more frequently, we're going to have a more compelling
3: narrative. I like that, bring the supporting so. characters to the front, that's good.
1: It's almost like I'm a writer.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I should be writing all right. this stuff down. So we've got the, our, our last question for you mm. is, uh, what advice do you have for Charlotte? Oh gosh, for for the whole city? For Charlotte, for Charlotte. Yes. everyone.
3: Ah, oh. Nick Canal, De La Canal is about to speak. Yeah. <laughs> My advice is to donate to public radio. Oh, <laughs> there you go. See, he went right into push drive mode. There, that's right.
1: The first person to call will get this wonderful. <laughs> A uh, pot holder featuring uh, featuring Matt Olin, a yes. Matt Olin pot holder for a pledge of twenty five cents or more to the Charlotte's Creative Podcast. Just twenty five <laughs> cents or
3: more. This is a very, we pop. we
1: we run this on like you know two AA batteries and Andy Go. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's how we. That's, make, right. that's how we do.
3: Yeah.
0: So
2: well, anyway, Nick, it was. Just a great honor to have you here this morning sharing your story, your journey, and your perspective on serendipity with the Creative Mornings community, and we hope you'll keep coming back. We love, very often every month, we'll look out into the audience, and we'll see so many of our previous speakers out there in the audience, and to us, it's a great privilege and honor to, 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 that they keep coming back, and we hope
1: that you'll consider doing the same. Oh, absolutely. So. You are you are in the family now, sir, so we, <laughs> we expect to look out and see you there.
3: I, so. I will make every attempt. I really want to. So
1: That's great. Thank you very much. We no did one, it.
2: Another another issue, and no one died. Okay.
1: Maybe I just died. Is that right the, there. Is that the line? Done. That's, that's the sign set, off. That's <laughs> where we're <laughs> setting the line. Is, is casual. See how <laughs> <that's where we're laughs> excited I got about that, too? I was <laughs> no like really excited. There were no adamant.
2: No injuries, no fatalities. All right. So nothing for Nick to report here. This is the
1: last time that Nick, serious journalist that he is, will be seen with us in public after that sign off. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next month. Thank you. Thanks.
0: Are will supposed
3: to say
0: thanks? I don't know. Yeah. it's yeah, good. Yeah. All right. Thanks to Nick Delacanau of WFAE for speaking with us. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in to the Charlotte is Creative podcast. Let us know what you think by tweeting us at CM underscore CLT. Remember to mark your calendars for Friday, June 2nd at 830 in the morning at warehouse Two Four Two. 2307 Wilkinson Boulevard where Charlotte artist Davida Galloway will speak on the global theme of survival. For more from Charlotte is Creative check out creativemornings.com slash cities c l t